0: Hello and welcome or welcome back to my channel or podcast. My name is Cecily and I am a life and mindset coach as well as the founder of AvantTrip.com which is a community devoted to empowering you to create and live your dream life. Now one thing that I have neglected to do this entire time since starting the community um, and starting this podcast is to formally introduce myself. I've made a few videos talking about certain things, but I've actually taken them down and like privated them because I felt like they were not really a great way to start. They were not the quality that I wanted. They were super long. And so I'm trying to say this as succinctly as I possibly can. So with all that said, let's get started. Who the hell is Cecily <laughs> So first and foremost, let me go through the fast facts. I am 29 years old. I am from Dallas, Texas, but I now live in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, and I am a Pisces Sun, a Aries Moon, and a Gemini Rising. <laughs> so obviously I'm a life and mindset coach, and I feel like we all come from a place that you know we didn't want to be in, and then we coached our way out of it. So let's start by telling you where it all began. I kind of grew up in a pretty tumultuous and volatile environment. Uh, My parents did not like each other and so they separated and thankfully they did because I was a pretty sensitive child and I, or well at that point, and I was, you know, kind of like taking it on myself and apparently I was like crying hysterically and that's when my parents decided to separate. Um, During that time, we lived with my gram there, and it was what it was (laughs) during that time. Let's just say that. Um, But I had been getting, like, really bad rage blackouts. Um, My mom would say something that pissed me off, and I would, like, act out really badly. Um, The last time that it happened was when I was about four years old. My mom said something again that, like, really pissed me off as a four-year-old. I mean, I was very angry as a four-year-old. And I remember essentially, like, watching myself run around the house to go and find my brother, and then I punched him dead in his back and knocked the wind out of him, and um, I came back into my body because I felt like I was dissociated at that time like I felt like I was just watching myself do that it was horrible and I begged him to uh, not tell my mom and said that I was sorry while he cried gasping for air Um, and I think from that point on because I remember it so vividly I decided that this was not acceptable and I think I kind of switched to this really apathetic child like I was kind of unbothered but on this whole nother level that was kind of pathologic and that's how I continued my childhood it the volatility remained but I changed how I was reacting to it because I realized that I was putting other people's lives at <laughs> at risk or like harming other people by doing that um, then comes adolescence and adolescence is a motherfucker let's just say that. Uh, I kind of realized now that I was already in a dep- depression and that's where the apathy was, but I really sunk deeper into that depression once I hit my like middle school years and I began doing stuff and acting out. I was having more enjoy, I was getting more enjoyment from being at school than I was while I was at home. Like I would much rather be there. Uh, so in order to deal with that kind of pain, yes, I was apathetic, but it's, it's such a weird thing. It's more like the apathy is more so like how you emote. Um, but there is a deep pain, uh, under like a painful undercurrent there. So in order to deal with that pain, trigger warning, trigger warning, sorry, let me make sure I say that trigger warning. Actually, this entire thing is triggering. So I'm actually going to put a trigger warning before this. At that time I started mm, self-harming and it was really something. I was using my mother's uh, fabric scissors, and I was cutting my wrist. My depression was getting really bad, and so I decided to seek help and to tell my parents. I did it during winter break, when they were both together, and um, oh, and at this time, actually, my parents got back together. I forgot to include that, so they got back together during this time, uh, which is So appropriate, wasn't it? So appropriate, considering how volatile they were together before. But yeah, anyway. So they got back together and I told them that I was really depressed. And they were like, what are you talking about? What do you have to be depressed about? And then I lifted up my sleeve and showed them my scars. To which they responded with literally cackling in my face. Like they literally laughed me out of there like I was a bad comedian at the Apollo Theater. Like the fuck. <laughs> it was really something. Um I will never forget that. And I will never forget them for that. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um I just I just won't. Um and so I I should have known then that I wasn't gonna get the help that I needed from them. But it kind of continued. My depression got worse. i had said it numerous times after that that I was really depressed. Um but nothing Uh, I went into my freshman year my first freshman year at a different Catholic school and it kind of was really weird because I was really smart and so I was in higher level classes than a lot of people in my my grade and I was kind of like this weird like limbo area and like friend purgatory like I wasn't able to maintain friendships on any level like to the point where um, like some days, actually like literally half the days, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have people to sit with at lunch. Like I had a very like small group of friends, like literally like two. And a lot of those days, like, especially, actually, I think the first part of the year I had people that I could sit with for lunch, but the second part I did not. (laughs) So I, I would literally go into the bathroom and if the library wasn't open and sit there for myself during my lunch break. And it was really, really bad. But that did not stay. I thankfully was able to leave that school. um, And I went to a better school. But things actually ended up getting worse. Worse. Thankfully this time I had friends. But my depression and my hormones being a raging teenager and stuff like that um, were probably more out of whack. And things became worse. So in order to go to the school... I had to repeat my freshman year my freshman year of high school and I mean appropriately so I was not on the same level as like the other girls when it came to like writing and stuff like that like my English skills were not that great yes English is my native language but like these girls were just kind of like whales and I was just a little fish like I was literally like a little fish a big fish in a small pond before I was smart obviously smart enough to get into the school but when I went out there into the motherfucking ocean I was like krill for the sh- for the freaking whales to eat like I was not that great so I went there and my depression actually started getting worse and I started developing like really um like some really intense anxiety like symptoms and my manifested in my body a lot of the times and I was getting like repeated stomach aches like every single day. My freshman year was crazy. Um I went from being like on the honor roll pretty much every single time to making C's. So, my anxiety was kind of going through the roof and my like I felt so inadequate during that time. Not only that, like the girls there were much 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 wealthier than me. Um they had money to spend, they had all these things to do and they didn't have to worry about anything. Um my mom didn't even allow me to like leave the campus really to like take trips like with like my students, moms, like I couldn't go over to the, their house to actually do projects. like it was that it was like that type of stuff. So I was <sighs> it was uh shattering. my whole image of self kind of shat- shattered during that time. like they were better on in every level for me, uh, from me. like they were much better than me. Uh, I, my sophomore year, I started like kind of getting into the groove, but I also started to fall into a deeper depression because, My inadequate were becoming like more and more apparent and other people can see it. And not only that, my my grades started to sink even lower because I just could not keep up. And also I was kind of distracted by a boy. Um, My school found out that I was writing a blog during that time. I've literally been blogging since blogging was a thing, I feel like, or as early as I possibly could. Um, and so this, I had a new blog during this time and they became really concerned about me and my mental health and they were really afraid I was going to kill myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they told me to take some time off and I did. During that time, they paid for me to get tested to see like where I was mentally, what was going on with me, as well as I think they either recommended a therapist for me to go to or they they encouraged me to go like I needed to go. So I took two weeks off. I got uh, diagnosed. And, you know, things were actually okay. Like, that was when I felt like I was finally getting the help that I needed. I said I was depressed for a long time. um, But it turns out I also had, like, anxiety, like severe anxiety as well. Um, Acute depression and severe anxiety. So I was like, okay, well, let's do that. And actually this was a time where I really felt loved by my parents for like the first time. Like we had a moment in the kitchen and they hugged me and I was like, wow, like this is what I've been desiring like ever since I came and told you that I was depressed, you know, when I was 14 years old uh, or 13, 14 years old and you literally laughed me out of the room. But I realized that that was pretty much short lived because I think either within the next few hours or the next day. My mom took me aside and asked me, are you really depressed? And I smirked because it's like really uncomfortable considering the fact that I've said it like so many times and I just got diagnosed. Um, And she she literally looked at me and saw that smirk on my face and said, ah, I knew you weren't depressed. Okay, And I felt gutted like that hurt me to my core. I couldn't believe that after all of this, the school really afraid of my life, like me taking my own life, Um, me being formally diagnosed and me having told you this for like years, you really were going to tell me that I wasn't depressed. You were looking for that. And that was crazy to me. Like, I just couldn't believe that she she would do that. It's all it's all like it's just kind of unfathomable to me. Like if I find out my like I mean, this would never have gotten to this point, honestly. If I found out my kid was like harming themselves, then like I would be like angry and not like thinking that this is some form of entertainment. But like it wouldn't be to this point. We would have already known this already. And we would have taken care of it. But that's just not the household that I grew up in. Um so things kinda progressed. And actually, I started doing really well. I kind of leaned, like, the school, like, I realized that there were things that I was better at than other things. You know, I wasn't very good at Spanish, but I was pretty good at Chinese. I wasn't very good at, like, algebra and stuff like that, but I was really good at statistics. Like, I found places that I felt very, like, very comfortable in. Like, I was also good at anatomy and genetics. Like, I was good in those classes. And so I was feeling myself and I was feeling better, but I made a mistake at the beginning of that year. In order to prepare for my college experience which was to buy two bottles of vodka and to keep them in my room even though i kept on thinking i don't like this i'm gonna throw it away i tried it i drank it i shared it with my friends and i still left it in there and then i got caught i got caught because it's boarding school i lived on campus and um they were like did you uh, like is this your alcohol i said yes did you share with somebody and i said yes and I told them who, and then they kicked me out of boarding school or the boarding department, and I had to return back to that volatility that I had so easily escaped, right? <sighs> I kind of lost all control because, or I felt like I had lost all my control because I was in, thoroughly embarrassed by this uh, in general, and people knowing that I got suspended from school, I got suspended for six days and um, kicked out of boarding like for the rest of the year. Uh, and then, like the fact that I told on people, like I felt like, oh my god, I'm not gonna have any friends. And now I'm returning back to my household, which was probably like probably the worst place to for me to actually go. Uh, when I went home, I got my ass beat. My ass beat. My mom had always been emotionally, verbally, and physically abusive, but this was on like a whole nother level. Like I literally, like, my I had welts all over my body, my knee was busted, um, just scars everywhere. Um, and it was pretty gruesome actually. Like She broke the broom on me, she broke some sticks from outside, she just, it was really really bad. Um, and I, when I, uh, and so I was really happy to return to school, but I came with a whole load of stuff that was really, really bad actually. So the first thing was I, another trigger warning, I forgot about the other trigger warning, but trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger, trigger warning, um, I returned to school with a, uh, an eating disorder. I wasn't eating breakfast in general and I wasn't eating lunch because I didn't have anybody to sit with at lunch, you know, returning back to the old school three years prior. Then I eventually stopped eating dinner altogether. But thankfully, like that was short lived because I started like getting friends again. And so I started eating with them at lunchtime. And so that got better. But I also kind of leaned into my vanity and thus like narcissistic behaviors And I started wearing so much makeup. Like, it was on another level. Like, I didn't know that I was wearing that much makeup until, like, I realized, like, holy crap, like, nobody was wearing makeup like that. Like, generally, they were wearing, like, some pencil eyeliner around their eyes, some mascara and lip gloss. Like, that was the max that people would wear at my school. And I was wearing, like, full foundation, full powder, eyeshadow like three shades of eyeshadow I had my eyebrows done I had my liquid eyeliner I had fake eyelashes mascara and lipstick and it was crazy and then eventually like I started doing like gel nails like I started either getting them done or doing them myself like I was that girl I was that girl like I was doing all that and it was like a shield it was like armor and Also, when you think about narcissism, you think about how it affects you, like, when somebody's like, narcissistic, but you have to remember that, actually, that is a defense mechanism. Like, they have a profound sense of worthlessness. That shield protects them from, like, so much shit. I'm not saying I'm a narcissist. I'm not a narcissist. I was not diagnosed. I definitely not. But I can empathize considering, like, considering the, the information that I've learned. I feel like as you learn more, you can empathize more. But, yeah. Anyway. So that was my shield. Later that year, I was granted admission back into the boarding department. I was so happy. I was like, yes, finally, like, I don't have to be here anymore. It was terrible for me. Like, it was really, really bad. And I'm not even going to go into, like, explicit detail on, like, what happened and how I was treated. It doesn't really matter. But thankfully, things got better. I'd already kind of come out of, like, that ED Mindset, and because I started having friends and I got some control back. And then with my senior year, it was really great actually. I got a job, I again kind of further leaned into the things that I was really good at in school, and just really enjoyed my senior year, not feeling stressed about taking freaking Spanish and taking Chinese, which was so much easier for me. Just like, just a lot of stuff. Like, I just felt much, much better. And I applied to like 12 schools and like I had some stretches, but I also had some like some schools that I was going to be really good at. And then I got in like my my dad was saying that I like with my grades, I was never going to get into college. I was never going to be anything. And so for that to happen, like I was like so happy and so proud of myself for coming out of this and really accomplishing my goals. Then I enter into the school that I wanted to go to. (laughs) Um, I don't think it was a a good use of money, obviously, but um, that's neither here nor there. But I went there. And as any freshman does, you begin binge drinking on the weekends, going to all the frat parties, going to all the college parties and making stupid decisions. And that's what I (laughs) that's exactly what I was doing. My freshman year was really not that bad. I was pretty good at school. Uh, but I was drinking a lot and that became like my main thing. Like I was like partying and that's just what you do. That's just what you do. That's just what you do. Um, things didn't really start affecting me until my sophomore year. My sophomore year was when I stopped really going to classes because, because of like the high level of education that I was getting from like my high school, like that school was really great. But then- This school was not that hard and I felt like I could easily do it. And so I was thinking, oh, well, I don't need to go. I can sleep in. I don't need to walk over there. I don't need to do like I didn't need to do that. That's what I thought in my mind. But no, I definitely needed to go. (laughs) And my grades started slipping. And then I was in that consumption phase uh, still. Oh, I forgot to mention this, but my coping mechanism with my anxiety before was like eating because that's all I could do eating all the snacks, watching all the TV. It was almost like an addiction when I was in high school. And then now while I was in college, I added onto that with the consumption of alcohol. And I was literally binge drinking. I I remember when I found out that I was binge drinking was when like I saw this thing, this chart on like some bar talking about like how many drinks you have and like what, what is, what constitutes binge drinking? It was saying like one to two drinks is like regular three is a little bit borderline and four is binge drinking. And I was like, I have four just to get out the house. That's a pregame. Are you kidding me? So that was, yeah, it was bad, but that didn't really stop me. (laughs) So my life started to continue. My grace continued to slip, but then I went back home for a second and I removed myself from the drinking. I removed myself from like eating out so much and going out to eat food and stuff like that all the time because I was eating at home and like I wasn't paying for food and it was like it was much better and I started getting healthier I started losing a lot of weight I just started feeling better but then I came back I returned to the scene of the crime and things continued to get worse and actually they kind of went deeper and deeper and deeper into the shit so uh, my pre junior year, my, my school is, like, really weird, this has five years, um, because it has an int- intensive, um, internship, yeah, I would say, like, an intensive internship called a co-op, and it's, like, six months instead of, like, the typical, like, two, three months, so, yeah, anyway, so I was in my pre junior year, and I just returned to the drinking, to the partying, to all that type of stuff, and I couldn't really keep anymore. Um, I had jobs and my hangovers were seeping into that job actually. So in that job, I was nursing my hangovers. Just imagine that. How bad can it get on a hangover? Okay, picture it like I'm like Sophia Petrillo. Picture this, a girl hungover working as a cashier at a produce market imagine the hangover think about it what's the worst thing that can happen in a hangover I oh, will second because there is a worse worse so it's not number one it's number two if you think about it or it's not number two it's number one if th- think, about it, think, about it, think about it think about it just think about it and yeah so I was doing that but I was still trying to balance this and I wasn't going to school anymore pretty much I really wasn't going to school I wasn't going to class when's the new and all that type of stuff I was just trying to float by, get back into my co-op, do all those things, and yeah, like it was not ideal. So then, my last and final co-op, I got paid a significant amount of money, more money than actually a lot of people that were actually working there, which was really weird, Um, but it's because they have like, it was like donated to them, like the positions were donated to them, so yeah, anyway. and I had so much money, like I spent my time going to happy hour every single day. Yeah, going to happy hour and getting my extraordinary vodka martinis with three olives, not pimento olives, regular olives, like regular green briny olives. And that's what I was doing, drinking, drinking, drinking. And I'll, during that time, I was initially going with people that were my former roommates, but they were supposed to be my friends. But then I realized, like, I didn't really want to hang out with them anymore. And I was just trying to... I became lonely and lonelier, let's just say that. And unfortunately, that friendship kind of dissolved before I was able to find friends to replace them. And so, yeah, I was, like, friendless towards the end. Um, I started waking up every single day thinking... You have nothing. You have no one. What the fuck are you doing with your life? Like every single morning, like that was the thought in my head. I apologize if you can hear some car racing by. (laughs) Um, And it was terrible. Let's just say that it was a terrible feeling. Um, And trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. At that point, I started fantasizing about killing myself. Like, and I'm not, like, I had had suicidal thoughts before, suicidal ideations before. However, this one was much more extreme because it was almost like a pleasure and a joy. It was definitely pathological. Like, it was, there was definitely a lot, like, or while the other ones were as well, of course they are, suicidal ideations are, but this one was worse, in my opinion, uh, because I was thinking, like, it was like a game. I would think how long would it take for somebody to find my body because I haven't spoken to anyone in like 10 days yeah it was getting to that point and it was bad (sighs) like so bad that I wasn't going to work and I wasn't getting paid obviously I like I wasn't doing that like how was I going to function with that I wasn't I wasn't it was terrible it's bad it's not the way that it's supposed to go um and so I realized I needed to get help and so I sought it I started like learning thankfully like I started learning more about like astrology so I can understand myself better and I know a lot of people are gonna be like oh my god astrology roll my eyes but it was really helpful to me during that time so I'm telling you exactly what the book I did okay I started going to a psychiatrist, though that was probably not the best idea. I just wanted to make sure that I was going to get some type of medication. But typically psychiatrists are not that great at talk therapy. I probably should have found somebody that was doing talk therapy because I would have saved myself $250 every single time I was going there. And honestly, like capitalism in the medical and like health space is just really gross because he could have said like he wasn't really like that wasn't his thing. But he didn't. He just sat there, allowed me to talk, said nothing, prescribed me stuff. And that was it. Like it was. And then he kept on saying, OK, well, let's see each other two times a week. I'm like, really? And yeah, it wasn't that great. Like it wasn't that great. Um, so I eventually stopped going to him <laughs> and I kind of sunk even deeper into this depression and all of that type of stuff to the point where I was really not going to school and I was failing like all of my classes and I got academically dismissed for a second time. I didn't mention this before, but I I got academically dismissed, I think, actually the semester prior to, or not semester, the quarter prior to this trimester, I don't know, quarter prior to that. And then also I got, um, again, I got academically dismissed during this time because, uh, I, again, I wasn't, I wasn't meeting the ratio of like past classes to failed classes and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it was great. What a great, great, great experience. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, I couldn't appeal. The first one I could appeal because I said depression and that was true. All is true. It's not even a lie. It's true. And then I appealed that one with depression as well. And they were like, no, you have to take time off. And so I wasn't able to go to school. And my narcissism was kicking in there too. Because I was like, "Uh, I can't, I have to graduate. I'm graduating. This is my senior year. I'm not going to not go to school. I'm going to be walking across that stage come May or June. I think it was May or June, whenever they had it. I was like, I'm going to be walking across that stage. And yeah, they still said No. So I went and I saw a life coach this time because I was like, I need some real action. And thankfully, I, I, now I know that. And I'm a life coach now, too. Uh Um, And after that, I just was like, okay, well, this is great. This is exactly what I needed. She listened to me. She validated all of my experiences. She told me certain things that happened in my life were just like not okay If you are a non-white person, then you know that whoopings or, like, getting whipped or hit or anything like that is very, very common. I said to her, you know, well, if you're in a black household or a a person of color is, like, household, like, it's really common to, like, get hit. Like, that's just a part of it. Like, you don't really understand because you're white. And she goes, "Uh, just because it's common doesn't mean that it's not abuse. And I was like, holy shit. However... After that, I started kind of falling into my narcissistic qualities as well. And I started feeling really vulnerable and exposed. And I, I manipulated the situation into thinking that she was like only seeing me because of the entertainment that she was getting. Because I was telling great stories. I was telling, like, I don't know. I was entertaining to her. Like, that's how I saw it. But it wasn't like that. I know that now. But I said it during the time. And I really regret it oh, well no I don't actually regret it it was just a part of my journey because I'm living I'm living the dream now so I don't really regret anything that I have in the past <laughs> it just led me to this point So anyway, because of that, I was able to continue on, pull myself up by the bootstraps, and then appeal my academic dismissal again for the second time. And I got back into school, you guys. I got back into school, and I was ready to, like, go. I was able to go in there. I worked hard. They only allowed me to take 15 credits. So I was like, okay, well, I need to change the grades of some of the classes that I took. So I went in there and took some exams that kind of, like, overdo it I don't know the guy passed me I don't think he did I don't think he graded it I don't think he actually cared I was not I think I I was answering that completely wrong but he passed me he gave me a B and I was like great like I was like yes thank you for like letting me like I forget what it's called but it's like you can take an exam to kind of like appeal appeal the class or something like that like to repeat the class um, instead of like actually going to the t- uh, to the class to do it and you can only do it, like, so many classes or something like that. So I was, like, really thankful for that. Not only that, I signed myself up for, like, community courses, uh, community college courses, all this type of stuff. And I was, like, fucking hitting the, like, the pedal to the metal. I was pushing the pedal to the metal. Like, I was doing that. I was doing it, right? But depression is real. And I fucking burned out. I got back, in, got back into school. I went to school. And I fucking stop going to school stop going to school stop going to my uh all my community college courses like after I got that grade back I was like okay I had appealed during that time as well to make sure that I was able to go to to my graduation she said yeah sure you're gonna be completing this cool got it right so I didn't really have to worry about anything at that point or so I thought but I had severe anxiety when it came for me to actually go to my graduation. I thankfully was, like, they gave me, like, you get these tickets to be able to go buy your cabin and gown. So I went there. I bought my cabin and gown. And come graduation day, my family's here in uh, Philadelphia. I went to school in Philadelphia. I went to Drexel. Waste of money. Don't go there. Um, and... I walk into the place that you're supposed to get your card so that like you give it to the person. I did not know how graduation worked there because in like in my high school, like they like it's a pretty small school, I guess it's like 100, we had 126 people in our graduating class. So they knew our names and we were like, you know, lined up alphabetically. I didn't know how it worked. So, okay. So, but this time it wasn't like that. They called, they like have a card, you give them the card, they read your name off the card. So, when I go in there, I go in there, I ask for my card. They couldn't find my card. And I was like, holy shit, they fucking found me out. I'm not going to be able to walk across that stage because this is a total lie. My whole family's here. What the fuck? But, no, they were like, oh, well, we just don't have your card. So, you can just, like, go pick one up and write your name on there. And I could breathe. And I walked, got my card, went over to... The area that we were supposed to be waiting in and lining up in. And I stood there, alone, friendless. And realizing how much of a joke this shit was. I tried to be friendly with some of the people in the line. Tried to do all that type of stuff. But, and I I even, I walked my ass across that stage. And that was the biggest farce I had ever done. And I realized that this was not, I was not going to be able to maintain this lie. And so I chose to run away, but, and, but to be my most authentic self. So soon after this, I made the decision that I was going to travel to Thailand and become a digital nomad, which is like crazy. But I knew that I just could not, one, I couldn't like save face. I wasn't going to be able to maintain the facade here. And secondly, there was no options. I was definitely going to be academically dismissed for the third and final time from this school. And I just... I didn't want to go home. Not again. I didn't want to go to what I formerly called home. Again. I just couldn't do it. So I ran away. I followed my heart. It's something that I'd always wanted to do. I always wanted to travel. Obviously, I liked languages um, in... Like, I'd always loved languages and love stuff like that, so I was like, I want to actually do that and experience the world, and so I did, and thankfully I did, because that's when I found out that being my authentic self was what I was lacking. That was what was holding me back from being a success, quote-unquote, to living the life that I wanted and to finding out who I truly was, because I didn't know who I was. So I was in therapy about a year ago, and... The therapist told me that I wasn't able to be myself when I was a child because of all of these reasons. I'm not going to go into explicit detail about that in particular because I don't want to violate other people. Um, but yeah, and I was like, no, actually, like I didn't have wants. I didn't have needs. I wasn't, I was I didn't, ha- like I was, I didn't, I wasn't a person. I was a shell of a human being for so long. And now having, now at that point, uh, 2016, And I took the leap to do something that I wanted, not because society told me to, not because my parents wanted me to, not fulfilling some, like, some bullshit, like, fucking walking across the stage on time. (laughs) I was finally filling in that shell. I was becoming who I wanted to be. I was becoming fulfilled. And it led me to so many, so many, so many, so many, so many fucking blessings. Like, I, things that I... I almost kind of, like, had written off my life. Like, finding love. Like, I had never been in love before. Never been in a relationship before. Nobody had ever, like, liked me like that. Or never... Not anybody that I really liked. Let's just say like that. And now I have the love of my life. Now, like, I literally woke up a few months ago and I realized, like, holy shit. Like, this is my dream life. I don't have... I don't want anything else, really. Like, I don't need anything. I don't feel like... I'm in lack nothing. I reached that point because I took that risk. Literally, with twenty dollars in my pocket, my bank account. Okay, this is crazy. So my bank account got closed like a week, week and a half before I was supposed to leave on this motherfucking trip to go to Thailand for what was supposed to be for two for two months, and I had a return ticket and everything, but extended to be like a year and a half. I've traveled a lo- or almost two years actually. I traveled all over. Um, Southeast Asia and Asia in general. And then I came to Australia as well. Uh, but I, my bank account had closed. And so the money that was in there, I wasn't going to receive until they sent it back to me via a check. And I didn't get that check until after I left. So my mom had a cash. Thankfully, like she cashed the check for me and she put it into my account, the new account that I made. But I can only pull out twenty dollars from that from that account at the, I think it was at JFK airport, and like, that was all I had. That was all I had to my name, and that's crazy. First off, that I do not recommend that, but it is possible. Um, somebody asked me on my TikTok today, uh, like, "Oh, well, how do you guys just like leave with like not so much money?" I think I need to have twenty thousand dollars together before I go, and I am halfway there. But I am like, trust me, if you take the risk in your favor to pursue the dreams that you want, you will actually get there because you are energetically aligned with that and you're taking action. You're being about that action, okay? That is one of like the universal laws, okay? People completely forget about that. Completely forget about action. They think that, oh, it's just gonna fall into my lap. No, no, it's not. You have to be aligned, not just energetically, but within your actions the things that you have done to actually work towards that and if it's for you you'll receive everything that you need. Now, I'm not going to say that it was easy at all with my $20 for like uh like a week. I think I had like it was like a week that I had only $20. I borrowed some money from my sister and then I gave I gave it back to her. But <laughs> crazily enough, crazily enough like it worked out it was hard I didn't have clients I didn't have a job I said I was gonna be a a digital nomad like what the fuck I didn't have anything like set up I was not prepared for this whatsoever but I still did it and I'm grateful that I did the struggle was real but it was worth it I traveled. I got to see the world. I got to be the woman that I'd always wanted to be. I was was probably, like, the most interesting person that I'd ever known at that point. (laughs) Like, once I went, I went back to Dallas, like, soon after that. Or, like, almost, like, at the two, almost at the two-year mark. And I was the most interesting person that I knew. Like, I felt like myself again. And I felt like I was being something. And... I'm, I I was somebody, like, I felt, I felt that, like, I was somebody, that I was doing something, that I had some way of moving forward, and being, becoming, like, becoming myself, and it was all because I took that risk and ran away, essentially, but in reality, I ran away to find myself. I went on a pilgrimage, and I came back stronger, and, like, happier, and more settled, and more so in love with myself. I was not fully there when I... Like throughout the travels, I am getting there now. I'm like pretty much there, but yeah, it's crazy. Like it's crazy to talk about. It's crazy to think about. And it's crazy that I'm here. So with all that said, I want to tell you guys that whatever it is that you want in life, whatever struggles that made you the person that you are today, It's possible for you to fall in love with yourself and to do whatever it is that you want, period. $20 in your pocket, moving across the world. God damn it, you can do it. Seriously, you can do anything that you want to. Your your past does not define your future. It doesn't. You do. You're the person that writes that. And I hope that this story encourages you and the next video or podcast, wherever you're watching this is going to teach you how to create that dream life because that's what I'm all about. You guys, that's what I'm all about. Also, if you would like to book a single coaching session with me or would to actually like to take the plunge and do the right thing and take my create your life coaching program or start that then check out uh the link in the description box it is pretty fucking jam-packed there's so much value in it there's so like so much that you're getting more than just like booking one single coaching session like I'm here for you for the those 12 weeks like every single day and there's free gifts like just check it out okay just check it out if you're not sure yet if you're not sure about me then I suggest you all you also can book a free discovery call um, which I believe is also linked down below. Yeah, it's so exciting. I'm really excited and I'm happy that I shared this. This is a pretty long episode, but it's much longer than I expected, but I feel like I synthesized it as much as I possibly could to get it down to the nitty gritty and, um, yeah. So I'm really excited for next week, for all the weeks to come and for the guests that I will be having on here at some point in the near future, get excited so we can talk about our journeys and talk about like how they have overcome things and created their dream lives. So get excited, you guys. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode today. I don't know if it's an episode, but I can cons- constitute it as an episode on my YouTube I don't know, I guess like this video, like this episode of my podcast, I'm really excited for where it's going. I really enjoy making these. It's kind of difficult to set up. However, it's really cool and I'm going to be entering into a podcasting competition. So I will probably have better sound quality. Get into it. Okay. Get into it. Anyway, until next time you all, I will talk to you guys later. Bye.